Now, I'm going to be uh, transparent this morning. Some pastors, uh, during the summer, they go through depression. Uh, they go through depression because they are um, stretching that cord a little farther, aren't we? They're in depression because they look around and think, well, so-and-so's not here this week. And, and, I, and what I want you to know is, is we are not... Um, it doesn't discourage us during the summer. It used to be we would make a, um, uh, a joke that we were going to make you sign up for the weeks you were going to be gone. Uh, but one of our core values is, is that healthy families mean a healthy church. And uh, getting away for vacation, there's no, how many people have already been on vacation this summer? How many people are ready to go? We encourage you uh, to spend time with your family and uh, so, now, if you're just laying in the bed, that's different. Uh, but get out, spend time with your family this summer, and uh, have a, a great time while the kids are out of school. Don't forget about us. Uh, but we encourage you to, to and promote being together uh, during the summer. All, all the time, but uh, summer is, is just something about the summer. The, the warm evenings, and, and kids are out of school. And so be sure and uh, take advantage of that. And um, we also want to let you know that this coming Wednesday night, uh, we are going to be having a, uh, a spaghetti dinner. How many people like spaghetti? All right. Um, and what we're doing is it'll be just be for donation. Uh, it'll be at uh, 7 o'clock, just like normal service. You say, well, it's way too late for me to eat. Uh, it'll be all right one night, okay? Um, but... We are uh, raising money for, uh, we've got a bunch of kids that are going to youth camp, and we want to be able to make sure that uh, every kid that wants to go is able to go, and so that's what we'll be doing. Uh, and then the following Wednesday is July 4th, and um, we will not be having service uh, here uh, that Wednesday night uh, to allow you to, uh, once again, spend time with your family and uh, with your friends. Uh, so the next two Wednesday nights, so you've got three weeks to read uh, six chapters of uh, Ephesians. How many people think you can do it? You have no excuse. All right, if you can't get six chapters read in three weeks, uh, there is something wrong. Uh, but we've been having a great time on Wednesday nights uh, just getting together and, and reading the Word for ourselves. And uh, what we encourage is get in, read it. And uh, too many times we just take what we think the Bible says by what someone else has told us. And we never take time to get in and actually let the Holy Spirit speak to us. And, 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 and the Word is alive. And every time that you read the Word, you will find something different. And uh, the people that have, have went through, rooted uh, this Bible program of just going uh, chapter by chapter, book by book, will tell you every time they read it, uh, they, they find something else. Because the, the Word of God is, is alive and it will speak to you. And uh, so we encourage you to do that. Uh, this week we're going to start a series called The Perfect Summer. Is there anyone here who, who would say, I'm perfect? Is there anyone here who would say that you know someone who thinks they're perfect? Now, is that person sitting beside you? Don't answer that. I'm too busy to do marital counseling, okay? Well, growing up, I thought that I had to be perfect. I mean, after all, doesn't Matthew chapter 5, uh, verse 48 say, Therefore, you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. So growing up, 
I, I thought, man, I can't mess up. I can't make a mistake. Anybody, you, you read that verse and, and you think that? Be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. But as I began to, to study and to look at that word perfect in the biblical sense, it does not mean that you can't mess up. It doesn't mean that you can't make a mistake. And many of us live a life of constant struggle trying to fulfill Matthew chapter 5, verse 48. But in this passage of Scripture, what perfect means is actually complete in all its parts. Full grown, of full age, especially of completeness of Christian character. It means to become mature, to become full grown, to become complete. And I believe that all of us would say that there are areas in our life that are not complete. There are areas in our life that we need to mature in. You never get to a level where you think, I have, I've achieved it. And so over the next several weeks, we're going to be looking at areas that God wants to help perfect us in. Areas that God wants to help us mature in. That he wants to become complete in our lives. Psalm chapter 138 verse 8 says, The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Your mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the works of your hands. God wants to perfect us. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 says, Being confident of this very thing, That he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Jesus, God has started a work in us and he said he wants to complete it. He wants to make it perfect. He wants to help you mature in it. And so this morning we're going to look at having perfect peace. Perfect peace. Too many people have no peace in life. Too many people live life in constant turmoil. And we're talking about people who are followers of Christ. Constant drama. You know anybody that's just in constant drama? If you get on Facebook for two seconds, you can point them out. Constant drama. That's not the way God intended us to live. And he says that you can have perfect peace. But what we have to realize is that perfect peace only comes from heaven. God is the only one who can give you perfect peace. And so this morning I want to to define it. I, I want to show you what it provides. And I want to tell you how to get it in your life. You see, it's great to come to church. It's great to get up every Sunday and and every time the church doors are open and to be faithful in the house of God. That's very important. But if you leave here and you have nothing to take with you, if you leave here without gaining anything spiritually, then it's not been helpful. The Bible tells us in Isaiah chapter 26 verse 3, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. So what I'm going to ask you during this summer, keep your mind on him. Because he tells you that when you do that, he's going to keep you in perfect peace. Peace in in the Hebrew is shalom. 
which means completeness, soundness, welfare. And when you keep your mind on Him, when you trust Him, He promises to give us peace. But now just because He offers it doesn't make it a reality. Just because He says we can have it doesn't mean that we will. It's very evident. And the reason why is is a verse that we use around here quite often found in John chapter 10 verse 10. And it says, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. The reason that peace cannot be guaranteed in your life is because you have an enemy, the enemy of your soul that wants to steal it. You have an enemy of your soul who wants you to live in turmoil, who wants you to live in drama, who wants to destroy you. And if you don't have peace, you can never rest. If you don't have peace, you're never, you never will be complete. You never will become mature. There are some thieves of your peace. Things that the enemy uses to try to, to steal and to rob you of your peace. The first one... Is my past. Guilt, shame, regret of your past. The enemy looks at you and he says, you remember who you used to be. Remember, and you live constantly thinking about what happened 10 years ago. You live constantly thinking about the way that you were and and the mistakes that you have made in your past. And when you do that... It will rob you of your peace. The second thieves of of peace is your present. The present crisis that you're facing right now. The present challenge that you're up against. Anybody up against any challenges right now? And, and you have a hard time sleeping at night. You have a hard time just getting out of bed in the morning because this, this thing, this crisis, this challenge allows you to have no peace. That's the enemy. He's using your present to rob you of what God says you can have. The third is your future. Anxiety about tomorrow. You see this all the time. People are always worried about what if. Well, what if this happens? What if that happens? And you worry and you have anxiety and you have stress. And when that is in your life, you have no peace. But what we must do is we must realize that God is the God of yesterday, your past. He's the God of today, your present. And he is the God of tomorrow, your future. And he wants you to have peace. You see, my peace doesn't depend on where I've been, where I am, or where I am going. Doesn't depend on that. I do not have to live in constant turmoil. God says I can have peace. And I can rest in the fact of knowing that I can have his peace. So this morning I want to look at three things that peace will be for us. First, peace is our wellness. It's our wellness. Our health depends on our level of peace. It is a proven medical fact that if you spend your life 
in drama, turmoil, constant worry, your health is not going to be what it needs to be. No aspect of our life can be healthy without having peace. You can come to church. You can do all the right things. But you have to have peace to be well. It's like, it's like working out. You can work out, but if you still eat horrible, you're not going to get all the benefits of having a healthy life and a healthy body. And, and you go into the doctor and them saying, man, you've lost weight and your cholesterol's great. And, and because even though you're working out, you see, that's just part of it. And doing all the right things, peace is, is part of the puzzle. And our wellness depends on the amount of peace that we can have in our life. You can never reach your full potential in life without having peace. You can never maximize what God wants in your life without having peace. Having peace is a vital part of being well. Of being able to accomplish what it is that God wants us to do and and the life that God wants us to have. I mean, I understand personally that, that if I would eat healthier, that I would feel better. If I would, would, would you know, lay off the Twinkies and, and get on the vegetables, I would feel better. And we know that if we could get the drama out of our life, that we would feel better. But so many people cannot make that step. They can't lay off the Twinkies. They even make Twinkies anymore. Do they? Good. Deep fried? I mean, not that I would know anything about them. But but many people choose to live sick because they do not choose peace. And it's killing us. You see, we have a spirit that has a soul that lives in a body. And God has made a way for us to have peace and for His peace to come to us. Romans chapter 5 verse 1 and 2 says this, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace. With God, through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. You see, peace is our wellness of our spirit. And some of you this morning are here and you cannot find peace in your life because you've never trusted God to heal you from your sickness of sin. You're sick in your soul. And without trusting God, To heal you from that, you're going to never know peace. We've all seen the bumper sticker and it's a bit corny, but it's true. No God, K-N-O-W, no peace. No God, N-O, no peace. And it's so true. It is impossible without a relationship with Christ to have peace in your life. Because He's the only one that can provide it. And some of you have trusted God, but you're sick in your mind. You're sick in your will. You're sick in your emotions. uh, Romans chapter 8 verse 6 says this, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and... What's that word? Peace. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life. In peace. Isaiah chapter 53 verse 5. 
It says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. He wants to heal you in your mind. He wants to heal your emotions. He wants to heal the things that torment you. You're trusting after God. You're following after Him, but you're sick in your mind. You're sick in your soul. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 30. A peaceful heart leads to a healthy body. Jealousy is like cancer in the bones. A peaceful heart leads to a healthy body. Peace is your wellness. God wants you to be healthy. God wants you to live a life of health. And peace will help provide that for you. Secondly, peace is our weapon. Peace is our weapon. Romans chapter 16 verse 20 says this, And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Now I find it so interesting here that Paul used... The adjective peace. He could have said the God of love. He could have said the God of joy. The God of power. But he said the God of peace. Peace is a warrior. Peace will help you fight your battle. Peace will help you crush the opposition. What does it say? The God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. You ever met someone who has peace no matter what? It seems like all hell could be coming against them. And they could be looking at Satan eye to eye and they're just peace. You ever met somebody like that? You just want to smack them, don't you? You want to strain them. It's like, what is wrong with you? Don't you know what's about to happen? Don't you see what's going on here? But they just have this peace about them. Nothing gets to them. See, what that person has realized is, and what they've come to a revelation is, is that peace will fight their battles. Peace will fight their battles. You don't have to fight them. The God of peace will crush Satan under his feet. If you get peace in your life, if you can get to a point, it takes a lot to get me stressed. And I think sometimes that may aggravate my better half. But I'm not saying that it doesn't happen to me as well. There are days and there are weeks that I think, what did I sign up for? Or I didn't sign up for this. But when we can come to the realization that peace is a warrior. That peace, that if we don't have it, that we're going to get beat down. That peace is an offensive weapon. Also, not only is it an offensive weapon, it it can be a defensive weapon as well. Look what Philippians, Paul wrote in in chapter 4, verse 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. If you can have peace in your life, it will allow the enemy. It will guard your heart. It will guard your mind. And when the enemy comes against you, speaking and whispering into your ear, look at what's going on. You're about to go down. You're about to go under. That God of peace, it says it will guard your heart. It will guard your mind. And it will tell the enemy to shut up. 
It will allow you to, to look at the, at the situation and just like those people, it, you won't let it get to your mind because you know that once the enemy, once it gets to your mind, it's trouble because it's constant. You just dwell on it. You think about it and it gets to your heart and, and you get down and then the process and the cycle starts. The Bible says that peace will guard your heart. Peace will guard your mind. We have to let peace rule our lives. We have to stop trying to understand everything. Sometimes people ask me questions. Well, what, why in the Bible? Does it, I don't know. Pastor, you can't say that. Yes, I can. I don't know. And sometimes I want to say, I don't care. In the grand scheme of things, why does it matter? I'm just honest. So if you ever ask me a really theological question, I just look at you, you'll know what I'm thinking. I don't care. Go talk to somebody smarter than me. I know that Jesus came, he died on the cross, and, and I've uh, trusted him as uh, Lord of my life, and I'm going to heaven. There's things in life that we won't understand. Well, why does God allow the little children to suffer? I don't know. But I know he's God. And I know I put my trust in Him. And that I'm not going to second guess Him. I'm not going to be a backseat driver. I don't know why things have to be. But I know that God's in control. And that fact allows peace to reign in my life. I've got to stop trying to figure it out. Colossians chapter 3 verse 15. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the peace of God rule. Let it, to rule means to have ultimate power, to take authority over. When your life is upside down, when you feel like your heart is just going to explode, when you can't take another step, when you can't go on, when all you can do is cry, you have to let peace take authority over that situation. Just like when the disciples... We're on the boat. Here they are. They're out on the boat. And, and the winds... And the Oh, man. We done messed up now. We'll have to close service. Actually, if I don't have my notes, you'll be here till uh, dinner time because I just start rambling. People say, why do you do that? It's because I, I love you. And uh, I have the gift of gab. And if I don't have notes in front of me, it's bad. Stay on course. See, I'm already off. It's not on my notes. I don't know where I'm at now. So the disciples, they were on the boat. And the winds and the waves were crashing all around. They didn't know what to do. They didn't know where, what their next step, what their fate was going to be. What happened to Jesus? Spoke peace. He took authority over the situation. He spoke the word peace. He said, peace be still. And what happened? Stopped. That same God, that same God wants to speak peace into your heart. He wants to speak peace into your situation. He wants it to take authority over that problem and over that circumstance. Peace is a warrior. Peace is our offense. Peace is our defense. 
peace of God has to rule in our hearts. If you try to do it yourself, if you try to read all these, and I'm not against books or self-help books, or all of this stuff, you can read all that, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, peace, true peace, only comes from a holy God. Lastly, peace is our way. Many people worry about the future. Some people, if there, were, if there was an Olympic sport for worrying, you would have gold medals draped around your neck every four years. And if they had one in the winter and the summer Olympics every two years, you would be bringing home the gold because you are a professional, professional worrier. If that's you, I'm sorry. God wants to help you. But we're worried about our future. We're worried about the fear of the unknown. You have this feeling and you don't know the way. You don't know where to go. You don't know what to do. It's like living life before a GPS. It's the way you live your life. I'll tell my age, but growing up, GPSs were unknown. Cell phones, unknown. And we would just, my parents would just, let's go somewhere. And we'd get in the car and drive, and I could guarantee you we were going to get lost. I think I get my sense of direction from my father. I get turned around so easy. It took me like... Ten times of being in uh, the church up here just to figure out where I was. It's so big. And I'm just like, now where am I now? I'm just walking around. And, and we would always end up on the wrong side of the tracks. Always. If you looked up and, and it was a bad part of town, you knew we were lost. We weren't doing that on purpose. But we didn't know our way. And my mom would become a little fearful. Dad didn't care. He'd roll up to the stoplight and roll down the window. Hey. You know, the drunk standing on the corner. I'm looking for, and he'd come stumbling over there. And my mom said, she was fearful. A lot of us live our lives that way. In fear, because we do not know the way. Psalm chapter 37, verse 37 says, Mark the blameless man and observe the upright, for the future of that man is peace. We have to stop pursuing what I should do. We need to stop pursuing where should I go. This passage of Scripture says to start pursuing being upright, to start pursuing being blameless, to start pursuing God. Don't worry about anything else. My life verse, seek first the kingdom of God. Let him take care of everything else. If we can do that, it will be our way. He will give us peace to know that he is in control of the future. Psalm chapter 85 verse 8 says, I will hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people and to his saints. But let them not turn back to folly. Luke chapter 1 verse 79 says, To give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death. To guide our feet into the way of peace. He wants to guide you into the way of peace. 
He wants to lead us into peace. Jesus told us He is the way, the truth, and the life. If you want to have peace in your life, you have to let Him guide you. Psalm chapter 23 verse 2 says, He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He leads me beside peaceful streams. Peace will only come if you let it be your way. If you let it lead you. If you let it guide you. You get in a situation, you're trying to make a decision. How many people hate making decisions? The worst decision is where we're going to eat. Come on. Stresses me out. Hate it. Last Friday, we were going to lunch, and it took us longer to figure out where we were going than it did to eat. Finally, I said, I don't care. But if you're making a decision, I suggested one place and the guy with me said, I I don't feel good about that. I had a bad experience there. But you start making decisions and deep down you just don't feel good about it. But you try to force it. You try to make it happen. If you don't have peace, back off of it. Now that doesn't mean that we're not going to have to do difficult things. But it means that that we can do difficult things if God is leading us. And no matter what situation you're in, even if it's a difficult decision, you still should have peace. You still should seek for peace. And there's times in my life that I've had to make very tough decisions, but I've had peace about it. That's when you know that peace is ruling. That the God of peace is ruling your life, your heart. So, what you've all been waiting for. All this sounds great, but how do I experience it? How do I get it? How do I get perfect peace? Three things. Ask, dwell, and decide. You see, we should be able to have perfect peace. It shouldn't be able to be stolen by your past, by your present, or by your future. Not something you can earn. Something you have to ask for. God, give me perfect peace. Give me your peace. And when you put yourself in in that position to receive, when you ask Him for peace, the Bible tells us if if being earthly, if, if your Father knows how to give you good gifts, how much more will your Heavenly Father give to those who ask? Ask for peace. Ask Him for it. God, I need your peace. God, I I can't handle this myself. I need your peace. God, I feel like I can't take another step. I need your peace. God will give you peace. Secondly, you have to dwell in it. Dwell in it. It is so easy. It is so easy to drift away from having peace in your life. You can be going along and everything can be going great. And the next thing you know, your head's about to explode. Why? Because you haven't dwelled in peace. It's so easy to let the cares of this world. It's so easy to let 
screaming kids, unruly employees, psycho friends, keeping it real, bills, bill collectors. Preachers, it's so easy to let the cares of the world rob your peace and cause turmoil. But a verse that we looked at when we first started, Isaiah 26.3, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you and all whose thoughts are fixed on you. You want peace? Dwell in it. Stop thinking about all the negative. Stop thinking about, am I saying you just bury your head in the sand? No, I'm saying you know what's going on, but you know who's bigger than that problem. Dwell on it. Rest in it. Trust Him. You see, where we put our trust is is where we receive from. And if we will begin to realize and understand that no one else can provide us peace, no amount of money, no, no, no situation, no book, nothing can provide us peace except God, you'll start putting your trust in Him. So the first step is to realize, I'm not going to get this from anybody or anything else, only God. And put your trust in Him because you know that He can provide it. It only comes from our Father. He's the only one who can speak peace into your situation. Not your spouse, not your friends, not me, not the deacons, not no one except God. And then we must decide. We just must decide to completely trust Him. Completely trust Him. Trust is a decision. Trust is an option. You can decide to trust someone. You can decide to trust God. You can decide not to trust them. You can decide not to trust Him. But my question is to you, has God ever given you a reason not to trust Him? When I read this word, I see and I know that I have every reason in the world to trust Him. Why is it important? Why is it important that we have peace? Why does the enemy want to to steal our peace? Why does he want us to live in turmoil? Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 20. Now may the God of peace, who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, and ratified an eternal covenant with his blood, May He equip you with all you need for doing His will. May He produce in you, through the power of Jesus Christ, every good thing that is pleasing to Him. All glory to Him forever and ever. Amen. Go back to the verse before that. May He equip you with all that you need for doing His will. Who wants to do that? The God of peace. 
So the enemy wants to steal your peace because he understands that God has something for you to do. And as long as you have no peace, as long as you're so concentrated on the turmoil in your life and all the situations, you're not going to be able to do what he's called you to do. That's why he wants it. And that's why I say, that's why God says, let the God of peace rule your life so that you can fulfill what it is that God has put you on this earth for. What is that? The Great Commission. So that others can look at your life and you can be the person they want to slap. But when they look at you, You ever looked at someone and they said, man, there's just something about them. I want that. That's what we need. That's what we want. When people look at us, we want to be that person. That no matter what, we have peace. I'm going to ask you to bow your head this morning. believe with everything in me that there are multiple people here this morning that the enemy is doing everything that he can to rob you of peace you serve a God that loves you so much that for the last 30 minutes the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you telling you that you can have peace first of all if you're here this morning and you say I'm sick I've never trusted God Heal me from my sin. I've never asked him to be Lord of my life. I can't go any farther without asking. If that's you, God wants to heal you. If you're here this morning, you've never trusted him, just slip your hand up. Pastor, I've never asked him to heal me from my sin, to forgive me of my sin. Would there be one? I'm believing that we've all done that. So then the next step is, Pastor, I'm trying to follow after God. I want to to be useful, to fulfill His will in my life. Man, I have no peace. The enemy is beating me up. Tired. that's you. I'm going to ask you to slip your hand up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God sees those hands. Today is the day. Today is the day that you can make a decision to let the God of peace rule your life. He will be your offense. 
will be your defense. He will help you fight and crush the enemy. He will help guard your heart and your mind. It doesn't mean that you're weak. It doesn't mean that you're less of a Christian. It means that you're human. Human.